15 years ago, Scott and Aaron Wilson's world blew apart in one day. That day had begun with such joy. They were pregnant with their first child. But it ended in absolute misery when Aaron found a series of texts on Scott's phone from another woman. The next couple of years were really rocky. Scott was half-heartedly trying to change. Aaron was doing everything she could to make him change. I was just trying to do the best that I could. I went through trying to control the environment, control the phone, control all these things, and trying to do it in my own strength, and I just couldn't do it. I, was, I got really good at stuffing my emotions, my fears, all of it. And there was a point where I just had to hash it out with the Lord and get to the end of me trying to do it on my own will. But then something happened. They both came to the place where they were willing to do what God wanted them to do. And that's when their marriage began to be restored. My marriage lens was the selfish lens of what can she do to benefit me? And then when the Lord began to transform me, my lens began to be through the heart of God. And I began to see marriage through what He intended it to be. And I began to see how my calling as a husband was to to serve her, not to take from her. Doing what God wanted them to do was really hard at times, but they have no regrets. Some of the hardest choices that we've had to make in just obeying God have really brought on the greatest blessings in our life that I would not have seen happen had I not obeyed. And really, the biggest blessing of all is just the deeper faith and with the Lord and the deeper knowing of Jesus and, and rooting and grounding my faith in the Lord. And those roots are growing deeper with Him. And that in and of itself is such a gift, no matter what happens. When a husband and wife are both willing to do God's will, God moves in to transform their marriage from ashes to beauty. That's what's coming up. Here we go. Okay, so this is the uh, fourth episode in our series, Ashes to Beauty, and that's based off of Jeff Colon's book, From Ashes to Beauty. So today I've got Scott and Aaron Wilson with me in the studio. You guys are graduates from our programs back in 2014. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming mm -hmm. and being willing to do this. It's good to be here. Yes. Um, okay. So the premise of this series is that there are no marriages which are so broken mm -hmm. that God's power can't make them new. Right? Amen. You yes. guys believe that? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Amen. And um, we've seen that over and over through the 35 years that we've been helping Christian couples. But the other thing we're saying in this series is that there's no like magic wand that you wave over the marriage to make it better. There's no pill, there's no book. Right. There's a process that both the husband and the wife have to go through, a spiritual process. And as they both go through that process of becoming like Jesus, then the marriage 
just, well, it's supernatural still, but it is healed as they're both conformed to the image of Jesus, right? And so the pathway that they've got to walk down is what Jesus laid out in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. So we've already talked about blessed are the poor in spirit with uh, Stephen Kathy Gallagher. We've also talked about blessed are those who mourn. And now we're going to talk about blessed are the meek. Okay, so before we get into this, meekness is not really a word that we often use. Um, it really just simply means that I submit my will to the will of someone else. In this case, the will of God, right? And I th the reason that this is relevant to marriages is because marriages are not destroyed because people do the will of God. Marriages are destroyed when we're doing our own will, right? Like backbiting, unforgiveness, sexual sin. Those things are not God's will. Those come from us. And so it's when we begin to submit our wills to the will of God that that process is reversed and God begins to heal. So that's what I want to talk about with you guys today. Sometimes God's will doesn't make sense <laughs> to us, right? Sometimes it's hard to do. Can you both share a little bit about what, you, what brought you both to the place where you're like, yes, I'm going to do God's will? For me, it, it began with desperation. You know, I look back and I see God's mercy in getting me to that place of being so desperate that I was willing to do whatever was necessary. Mm. Um, up to that point in, in 2014, when I went to the residential program at PLM, we had tried so many different things to help with my sexual sin. We had, we had tried a lot of different uh, worldly um, counseling and and marriage counseling, we'd done a lot of things, and I was getting worse, I wasn't getting better. And so at that point in our marriage, um, Aaron had kicked me out of the house. Uh, I was living with my mom and dad in their basement, mm -hmm. and um, she had introduced me to this place called Pure Life Ministries, which my first glance was, was radical because it was seven to nine months going away that was so far off of anything I wanted to do, okay. right? I mean, I think if we interviewed the men that have gone through this program over the years, I don't think there would be one man that would say, I'm in for going away for seven to nine months. Mm. It just That's just radical. And so that's where it began for me of like realizing that God's will is not going to be Scott's plan. Mm. It's going to be the Lord saying, you're going to have to trust me and, and, and walk in faith. Um, and so in that moment, all I could see was if I was to go away for seven to nine months, I was going to lose my job. People were going to find out who I really was. And in that season, all I wanted to do was protect my self-image. I wanted to protect self. I mean, even after I had applied for the program, I was doing everything in my will to not go to pure life. But I had people in my life saying, Scott, the Lord is calling you to go there. You need to go. And just looking back and seeing that, like, that was the kindness of the Lord to get me to say yes and just to walk forward in faith. Mm. Um, that was extremely hard. I still think it was a miracle that God got me there because in that time of my life, there was nothing in me that was just excited about walking away from everything. But I can look back and see that in that decision of 
just the, the, the small amount of faith I had to follow God's will, that's where the battle of the sexual sin was won because Satan had a grip on my life, on our marriage, and by being willing to say yes to God's will, it, like in the spiritual realm, it broke things in the spiritual realm for, for Satan's hold over us. And again, I don't think that was where I was set free, but I know that's where God began to have the power in our marriage, and he began to put us on the path he wanted us to be on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so there was that sense of desperation, and there was also this encouragement from others that like, you need to do this. Mm -hmm. This is what God is asking you to do. And so that kind of combined to help you be willing to do something that you did not want to do. Yeah, and that's that's mercy in its purest form. It's like you see people willing to walk beside you when you are in a complete mess and willing to say like, I think this is the path that God's calling you to. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I couldn't see clearly at that point in my life. So yeah, I, I'm so grateful that I was able to blindly walk for the first time towards the Lord um, mm -hmm. and trust in His will. Mm -hmm. What about you, Aaron? <laughs> um, I think when I found out first about his adulterous relationship, I mean, by God's grace, I was willing to stick it out and stay and work through it because God was teaching me through that moment that I put him on a pedestal instead of the Lord, and I had to have the Lord be first, okay. you know? And he was teaching me in those moments to do his will and putting him first. I was willing to do that. However, I didn't know what it looked like okay. because in my eyes, I was just trying to do the best that I could. Um, again, we went through various counseling. I went through trying to control the environment, control the phone, control all these things, and trying to do it in my own strength, and I just, I just couldn't do it. I, was, I got really good at stuffing my emotions, my fears, all of it. So it's and kind so, of like a task. Yes. Get this done. Right. Mm -hmm. Do this. I want to be obedient to this. Okay, yes, this is what we're going to do. And there was a point where I just, I just had to hash it out with the Lord and get to the end of me trying to do it on my own will because I couldn't change my husband. I mean, after the, the third catch of him still pursuing his sin, after trying to put all these things in place, like I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't change him. And that reality of me not being able to do it, God brought me to the end of me even in that. So really, ultimately, the end of me was the beginning of God working. Mm -hmm. And I really had to just see the mercy of God getting to the, the end of me. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting to think about how maybe doing God's will looked a little different for both of you. Mm -hmm. Like for you, it was just do this thing. Mm -hmm. And that was what God was requiring for you, Aaron. It was like, we're going to do this, but it's going to have to be in my strength. It's going to mm -hmm. have to be in my time. It's going to have to be my way. Like your will is going to have to come under my will. So both of those, I, I know both of those things were tremendously hard. <laughs> Yeah. That was not easy for either of you. Um, 
So I just, yeah, I really appreciate that. I'm sure everybody can relate. Yeah. <laughs> Husbands and wives can relate to that. Yeah. So now you're nine years later, <laughs> right? And that process of doing God's will has not changed. Otherwise, you wouldn't be where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so can we talk about maybe just like some big things where your will had to come under him in regard to your relationship with each other? Aaron, maybe you could go first. Okay, so the biggest thing that I had to do was forgive Scott. And it was really hard. I mean, I struggled with it. It's a process. I I didn't feel like he deserved forgiveness. I had to face even just not repaying evil with evil and taking on my own revenge for all the pain that I had gone through and really just doing things God's way instead of mine. And by God's grace, I mean, there was a really pivotal moment that I really wanted revenge. <laughs> and okay. I wanted to let him have it and hear it and hear all the pain. Somebody had to feel all the pain that I was feeling because I couldn't take it anymore. And it was at that moment, by God's grace, I couldn't even get a hold of Scott calling him and he didn't answer by God's grace. I, I cried out to Jesus instead. And I said, Jesus, take the pain away. I can't do this anymore. And he showed up completely. I mean, I was crying. I couldn't breathe. And he, that's all my prayer was, take the pain away. And he met me in it. And he took the pain away. It was like the peace, the calming of the storm. And at that moment, I knew that the Lord was in it with me. And to do his will was such a gift that he could he would guide me and it's it's going to be hard but yet he's going to be with me in it he can guide and lead me and there's peace and comfort in doing his will and i knew that he was commanding me to forgive him it's clear in the bible and i mean i was confronted with matthew 6:14 when jesus says for if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you. And I was like, wow, I don't want any bit of that because I I needed God's forgiveness. That was real to me. Hell is real. I don't know how, how it's possible to forgive someone, but I'm commanded to do it. Lord, help me do that. I know what you're calling me to do in my head, but Lord, you got to put it in my heart. Otherwise, it's going to be lip service. Like it needs to be a heart forgiveness of an overflow. And so I just kept praying and asking the Lord, you you got to make this real in my heart. And so I started seeking the Lord for that, and he answered. I mean, he's faithful. Um, How did he answer? <laughs> he gave me a revelation of the cross and what Jesus did for me. And just seeing that all the sins in my heart, the junk in my heart that I was withholding forgiveness, that the critical, the pride, all of it, he was showing and revealing in my heart that I needed forgiveness. Mm. And Jesus forgives me for all of my sins. And how could I, who am I to withhold it from anyone else when he's forgiven me? And so at that point, I decided, I said, okay, I can, I choose to forgive Scott. And this is really like a vertical conversation between me and the Lord saying, yes, I forgive him, Lord, for everything. Because I didn't deserve it. And so I know he didn't deserve it either. Mm. And I can choose forgiveness. And so I, I hashed that out and worked it out with the Lord. And he did it in my heart. And I thought I was good. <laughs> but I didn't go to Scott and tell him that yet. 
Okay. And so it's, it's one thing to say that with the Lord, but it's another to walk it out and do it and actually say it to Scott. And I felt like the Lord was pressing on me to, to still do that because even though I wasn't saying it to him yet, I didn't feel like he deserved it or feel like he was ready, I was still harboring bitterness and unforgiveness, feeling like it was almost a piece of revenge, like he needed to suffer a little more before he needs to hear it from me sort of deal. And the Lord said, no, it just, I needed to forgive him. And so I struggled with it even after the first visit coming down to Pure Life, uh, after he was in the program for two months, I felt the Lord pressing on me to forgive him and I, I didn't want to. And I ended up leaving and fighting it in my flesh because I wanted him to suffer more. And I left, left the visit and I didn't know when I was going to talk to him next and whatnot, but I knew that I needed to tell him face to face. Mm. And so a song on the radio of forgiveness comes on and <laughs> I'm like, all right, Lord, I hear you. Thank right. you for being so repetitive. Right. You know? And so I did. I turned around and I went back and found him and he was, he was in the chapel by himself. And, um, and I just asked him out to the car and I said, I got to talk to you. And I said, Jesus forgives me for everything, and I didn't deserve it, and I know you don't deserve forgiveness. You put me through a lot of pain and heartache, and but I don't deserve the forgiveness Jesus gives to me. So because of Jesus, I, I forgive you for everything. Yeah. And, and that's, um, that's the, the point in my life when I truly felt the love of Jesus. Because it was about a, we had, I had finished my first month in the program, and I was beginning to dig into to God's word for the first time, really, and and so I was beginning to have revelations of His love for me through what I was reading. But then, when you see your wife who you've trampled on, and how I had destroyed her heart. And then you see her come to me with that pure act of obedience just to forgive me in that. I saw the beauty of Jesus like I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's what began to truly drive me towards the cross even more and to love him even more because I tangibly saw and felt the forgiveness and mercy and love from my wife that I didn't deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and in that process, when I was beginning to be transformed, I began to have a completely different perspective of what marriage really was. Up until that point, my lens of life was through myself. So my marriage lens was the selfish lens of what can she do to benefit me? And then when the Lord began to transform me, my lens began to be through the heart of God. And I began to see marriage through what He intended it to be. And I began to see how my calling as a, as a husband was to, to serve her, not to take from her. And that was foreign to me. It was, that was all new. It was, so it was like I was walking for the first time and learning how to do that. You know, Paul talks about 
loving your wives like you love yourself. And I was really good at loving myself for 35 years. And so that took time to learn how to love her above my own flesh. And there's grace in that. But I began to realize that my calling was to, to serve her, to put her ahead of me. And that's like little things, like tangible little things out of the gate, right? It was like, how can I, uh, when I came back home, is how can I do tasks around the house that I know that she doesn't like to do? Mm. How, can I, how can I give up my time to allow her to do things that she wants to do? How can I communicate with her in ways that honors her? Again, I don't get that right all the time. And that's the beauty <laughs> sure. of like Lord's grace in that yeah. is, is he encourages me and points me when things are going the right way. I can feel that. And then the kindness of the Lord to convict me when I know I messed that up. And the beauty of Aaron to walk beside me in that and have the patience to walk, you know, gracefully and, and realizing that I am broken, but I'm trying to become a better godly husband. Mm. So it's been a 10-year journey of, of getting it right, getting it wrong um, for both of us, and, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Mm. It really is. Mm. That's what I, okay, like that's what, that's what I'm hearing. I am hearing a proof that blessed are the meek. Because you guys sound really blessed, right? Like choosing forgiveness was extremely hard, but I don't hear any regret in your voice. Learning to put your wife above yourself, that's hard stuff. You're yes. denying yourself, but I'm not hearing like, yeah, man, I really wish that I would have just been more selfish over the last 10 years. <laughs> so uh, this is just amazing. Blessed are the meek. Um, can we talk maybe about a couple of other ways where in your own marriage it's like, okay, this is hard and I'm going to do God's will, and you've seen the blessing of that? I think the next hard thing, even just walking out our trust and obedience to the Lord out, even when Scott came home, was continuing to surrender things of control, fears, other things to the Lord that would come up. Um, and a big thing, I would say, was how God can restore physical intimacy mm. and his plan in that, not mine. Mm. Um, because I remember one of the visits, um, Scott kissed me goodbye, and I was kind of shaken up with it and I didn't know how I mm. felt about it and it was like my mind was telling me one thing and my body was telling me another and it was it I didn't know how I felt about it and um I don't know if I was ready for all of that <laughs> but his response was so comforting and kind because he said you know it's okay I'm sorry will you forgive me he went low with it and he was he was right there where I was. He wasn't any high, you know, any mm. step further in rebuilding even that within the physical part of it. And that was comforting to me. But I still felt like I needed to have a plan of like, what does this look like to rebuild physical intimacy? I mean, do we he's a new man. Um, so what do you do naturally? We I don't know, you date someone, you get to know them, you take things slow. 
that kind of thing. And so that made sense to me <laughs> on how you should rebuild everything. Okay. It's like a new, you know, and we're dating again. Sure, and we're right. So we should get to know each other and all of that. And so I had this plan that I made. And again, I had a lot of anxiety about it. I, um, I was just really unsettled going into the next visit um, the following month with Scott. And I had to hash it out with the Lord and, and, and just on my face in prayer. And I felt like the Lord was putting his finger on that again to surrender. Surrender that control. Surrender my plans to his plans. And so little did I know what huge plans the Lord would have to just restore, restore us physically together because it was incredible. And it was beyond like my timing, God's timing. I mean, it was, it was really crazy because he did it. And it was way faster than I could have imagined. It was um, just a gift. And I would say, you know, the first... While we were trying to have kids, we had two and a half years of infertility. And before PLM. Before Scott went to Pure Life. Uh -huh. um, but yet the first time that God brought us back together, we conceived our second child. I mean, that was just incredible. <laughs> yeah. And there's also, when I think back of how tormented my mind was and how how depraved our marriage bed was because of all the junk that I had brought into it. And then to be on the other side and after submitting to the Lord and just trusting Him mm. and to see how He's restored that. And now it's a thing of beauty and it's what God intended it to be is an absolute miracle. Like that just makes no sense to me at all. That we can be in a place from a physical intimacy where it almost seems that all of the adultery, all of the sexual sin that, and all the images and things that she saw, all of that is completely wiped clean. Like I feel like the Lord has completely healed that. And again, it just doesn't make sense. Because when you tell people all that we've gone through and they can see now that there is a newness, all that does is just speak to the radical transformation that the Lord can do mm. in all aspects of a marriage. Mm. What was another um, another area where you guys really had to like, okay, I'm laying down my will. This is hard, but it's really been blessed. About a year after I came back in 2014, we had a, a difficult situation with Aaron's sister um, was getting married in 2015, and Aaron was asked to be the maid of honor in the wedding. But the stipulation of that was is that I wasn't allowed to attend the wedding. There was a lot of pain. There's a lot of consequences, obviously, for my sin. And there was a lot of pain and hurt that I had brought to Aaron's family through everything that I had done. And so her sister and, and future husband felt it would be best if I wasn't there. I 100% agreed with that. Hmm. Um, I think what the Lord had taught me when I left Pure Life was that I have to be low and slow with rebuilding people, um, relationships with people that I had hurt. And so I had no problem with that. I completely encouraged Aaron, you, you should go. I don't need to be involved in any way. I want to honor their request. I don't want them to dislike me anymore. So <laughs> right. <laughs> right, I was already, already felt like I was in the lion's den, you know? So I was good with that. 
And Aaron was on board with that. That was our plan. And then out of nowhere, Aaron comes to me and she says, I feel like the Lord is calling me to potentially not go to the wedding. I think that's a horrible idea, is was basically my response. I said, if you even entertain that, I'm going to have daggers all at me because it, that would just be horrible. And you're right. It did not feel loving. I mean, this is my only sister. It did not feel loving. I'm going to crush her heart to say these things to her that I can't be there unless he's there. And it felt like blackmail. It felt like it, it just did not feel loving at all. Um, I wanted to join her in that. But God and, and his word, um, there were verses such as leave and cleave and hold fast. You know, you're one flesh now when you're married. What God has brought together, let no man separate. And so I was confronted with standing before my sister at her wedding and being separated from my husband. And I, I just, I couldn't do that. I felt like the Lord was saying, do you love me more than you love your husband? Do you love me more than you want your marriage fixed? You, and now it was, do you love me more than you want your family to be happy? In Luke 14, 25, Jesus talks about the cost of discipleship. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. I was really confronted with this, with all these verses that the Lord was putting on my heart to, you know, I have to have a greater fear of the Lord. Like this was the testing ground. And so I had to say yes. And I didn't know how that was going to happen. I was, it, it was devastating to have to tell my one and only sister, I can't be there. It didn't make sense. But the Lord, it, it was hard. But he gave me the strength to, to tell her. Um, it was hard for her to understand. We were both crying. I mean, it was, it was excruciating and painful. But God... He, I, I just said, I, I have a greater fear of the Lord and what he'll do to me if I don't obey. And I have to obey the Lord. And I can't, I'm sorry that I can't be there unless he's there with me. And through all that, the Lord has been able to use that to even heal our relationship with your sister. I mean, ultimately, her sister and, and husband allowed me to come to the wedding. Mm -hmm. Um which was hard because I honestly didn't want to go because I knew that there were going to be people there that didn't want me there. Mm. It was just hard. But a monumental moment in our marriage to stand for what the Lord was telling us to do. Because I think back to if we wouldn't have gone that route, if she wouldn't have been obedient to what the Lord was calling her to do, what other decisions down the road would have happened where we wouldn't have been in God's will. We would have not trusted in his, in his plan for us. And the beautiful thing is to see how, on the other side of how our relationship with her sister and husband has been restored, and now they can see and understand and respect why we did what we did initially, what Aaron decided to go through. And, and so at the time, ten, almost 10 years ago, you think, this is going to be a horrible ending. Mm. This just there's not there's nothing that looks like this is going to end well. The Lord has used it for beautiful things and for healing, in His time and His way. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, the last question that I had 
you've pretty much already done it just through your testimony. <laughs> but if you were talking to a couple that is just kind of out of the gate and, you know, sexual sins in the past, but they've got a long, hard road ahead of them, and they're like, man, doing God's will is really hard. What do you guys say to them? <laughs> it is hard. And yet it's the safest place that we can be in is in God's will, mm. right? I mean, in Hebrews, they talk about although he was, his, he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And so the obedient path isn't easy. It, there is suffering in it. It's hard. There's heartache, but it's worth it. Mm. It is so worth it. And it's been my experience that the, some of the hardest choices that we've had to make in just obeying God have really brought on the greatest blessings in our life mm. that I would not have seen happen mm. had I not obeyed. And really, the biggest blessing of all is just the deeper faith and with the Lord and the deeper knowing of Jesus. And and rooting and grounding my faith in the Lord, and those roots are growing deeper with Him. And that, that in and of itself is such a gift, no matter what happens. And yet we still got so many other blessings that went along with it in our marriage and other relationships and, and things. It, it's, it's worth it for, for just growing our faith in God. And I see His mercy in the heart now that I didn't really see before. So I'm thankful. Awesome. Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. I think of extend grace and be patient. You know, after I came home and was a changed man, um, there still has to be grace extended on both both sides of, of the marriage. And I feel like that's something that we have walked through, um, learning how to be patient with one another. Even though we might be changed and redeemed and made new, um, we still have to learn how to walk this new life out. And so I would encourage others to definitely be patient in the process. I would also tell people in the hard seasons is to enter in with gratitude and praise. Doesn't make sense, but I can look back and say the hardest times of our life have had the greatest opportunities for the Lord to radically change us. And we have entered into some really hard seasons with gratitude and praise. The first thing that comes to mind is our daughter, um, back in 2017, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And every moment of that journey, we thank God, we praise Him, and we had hearts of gratitude. Not because of what we could see in the, in, in the natural realm, but we knew that God was gonna use it for something good. And I firmly believe that our daughter is alive today I believe that she's healed today and walking a normal life of a, of a normal 10-year-old life that is because we entered into that season with gratitude and praise. And so I would encourage others, no matter how hard the marriage gets, get on your knees and thank the Lord for the hard and embrace it with gratitude. And lastly, I would say to couples on the other side would be to be patient on God's timing in the process of how He's working in your own life. I would encourage people to, to find testimonies of where he's, he's worked in other marriages and be encouraged by that and find hope in that, but don't use that to compare 
where you are in that process. Oftentimes we've had couples that we've entered into helping them where they want to have the same story as us or the, you know, or it's got to work in this time frame. And I would just tell people, God has a specific purpose for your own life. And that purpose is for a story or for something that you might not even see now or understand, but be patient in that process, knowing that he's working in your own life. All right, that's it. Thanks for joining us. Next week, we'll continue our series, and Sean and Susan Smith will be with me to talk about why being hungry and thirsty for righteousness brings healing and restoration to broken marriages. God bless. We'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.